Are we actually recording this actually, time? Yes. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, brother. How is? Uh, are we recording? We're, we are. <laughs> we, we are officially Just, recording. Do we need one of those uh, director, you know, clap things that says "Take two? Oh, yeah. I see why they use them. You Is know why they use them? Did that just spike? Yeah, it did. Yeah, you, you, I, I shared with that. I, you didn't share that again. That. I shared with that with you. I <laughs> yes. shared that with you. Did I not, John? You most certainly with me did share that. <laughs> uh, share that with you. I did. <laughs> yes, Yoda. So I was listening to that podcast. I'm always mentioning to you. Uh, you know the best podcast on the airwaves. Right. The only one I listen to. Yeah. The complete guide to everything. Uh, yesterday I was listening, or two days ago, and. They said, hey, this is the first time we've actually recorded together, you know, in the same room in a year. And they kind of started talking about it. And they're like, yeah, I'm so glad we don't have to do that clacker thing so that we can line up both of our audio. Oh, they uh, used it. Yeah. I'm right. like, that's what you wanted to do. Right. I thought that was so ridiculous. No. Well, that's that's it's use for those who don't know who might be listening and saying, well, what is the use of that thing? They do that so that the person who's doing the sound engineering mm -hmm. can match up the sound with what's being recorded on the video. Well, uh, now that I think about it, and by the way, everyone, welcome to another episode, of Saturday, to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. <laughs> yeah, with John and Ray. Uh, so, apparently, I mean, just thinking through this in my head, I guess maybe they have headphones on so they can hear the other person and then a microphone that only is picking up their voice. So they're recording themselves in their own location. On separate tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Then when they join together, all they have to do is line up that, that crack or whatever. Right. And uh, But they can be conversational because I hear what the other person's saying and yeah. can respond. Yeah, but there's no echo or you don't have to worry about it coming through on their end. Right. We could try that one time. Uh, well, you know, you know, seeing how this is not our first time being in the same room <laughs> recording our podcast. Well, we are often on the road at different places. We are. And we actually did one. Do you remember back uh, uh, many, no. many episodes ago when I was in Panama City and you were kind in of. Chattanooga? And yeah. we and it, we turned out okay. Okay. We used some kind of online software. We that, could take it a step further and you just record your part <laughs> and then send it to me and I'll listen to it and record my part. <laughs> And they just interject, right? It would be like, oh, that's a good one, Ray. You know, that reminds me of this T-shirt. <laughs> it would be so unrelated. Maybe it would be better. I mean, it's kind of like it is now. <laughs> You'll be on one train of thought and be like, hey, there's something shiny outside. Look, a squirrel. No, I think those who listen to us regularly know yeah. that you are far more guilty of having no idea what I'm saying <laughs> yes. when I'm speaking, especially if it goes beyond, I'd say, 12 to 15 seconds of speaking. I agree. You're, you know, uh, can't brain. respond to what I've said because you have no idea. You've been thinking <laughs> or looking or doing something to determine what you want to say next. Well, yeah, yeah, Ray, that was great. But let me, uh, you know, take a different direction. It's not that I'm being rude, Ray. It's just that I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to offend you. I just don't like you. Well, so we have a special segment for this episode, huh? We do. We're going to try something here. 
I uh, was down in Tampa, Florida, went by the offices of Staff Your Dealer, a good friend of ours, John Frumorgan, mm-hmm. who owns Staff Your Dealer, the visionary and uh, CEO of that company that does hiring exclusively for the car industry. Yes. And, and you know, I'm kind of glad we're doing a second take of this, Ray, because neither one of us mentioned uh, the fact that old Fru Morgan used to play ball. Yeah, he did. Right? He played for the University of Alabama. Yeah, that's how they say it down there. Yeah, old Alabama. Alabama. Roll Tide. And uh, went on to play for the Miami Dolphins for three years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Good guy. He's like 7'8 and 487 pounds. Nah, neither one of those, but he is a big guy. He's, yeah, big, it, he's big to me. When you see him, you're not surprised that he played professional football. Well, you're about six. One, aren't you? Yeah, I know. I'm 6'4". Are you really? And he's probably uh, an inch taller than me, about 6'5". Okay. And, I was wondering if he And was built older. a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're catching up on it. Yeah, I am. In all the worst ways. <laughs> in all the wrong ways. Absolutely. Uh, so, poor guy. So we, I feel we, bad for his knees and his hips, man. He carried that much man around. Yeah. For, for 50 years. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. They I mean, need a gold star. He's not moving like he did back in the day. <laughs> I tell you what, but neither am I. Right. <laughs> so, you know, God bless us all. Yeah, neither but, are you. But he is a, uh, yeah. <laughs> Touche. I, I saw you walk a few minutes ago and uh, it looked quite painful. But Did you hate to see me leave but love to watch me go? No. I, you know. <laughs> I thought, how can I miss you if you won't go away? Yeah, right. If you're always here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I told my wife that once. Your ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My third one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I've never been married. All right. And I've never told anyone that. Okay. Did um, I recall? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to try the marvels of technology and insert that interview that I did with uh, John Frew Morgan regarding hiring in the car business. Should we set up his uh, business or do you do that in the clip? I forget. I think we discuss what he does. I mean, we kind of take okay. it back to the beginning as to kind of how we got into it. And it's basically staffing for automotive it, dealers. It's staffing exclusively for automotive dealers. And mm-hmm. and it, it's changed over the last 18 months to two years uh, in reflection of the climate going on with COVID and the pandemic and some of the innovative stuff that he's done that has really been well received in the industry. And I think, I mean, he was in the car business, like in a dealership for a long time, for oh, years yeah. and years, yeah. and then left that to kind of start this business. He says, and, not in the interview, but I've heard him say many times, when you come out of the NFL as a lineman, you have two choices. You can either go <laughs> into the insurance business or the car business. <laughs> right. And he said, I didn't like the insurance business, so I figured, I, okay, I got to go in the car business, right? As if That's those so were the funny. only two options. I, I know but, Gerald Riggs worked here in Chattanooga. For yeah, a right. Yeah. Yeah. Famous so you, you do see a lot of that. Um, Didn't Riggs play at UT? Who? Riggs. Riggs yeah. Riggs. Yeah. Um, so one thing we don't talk about. Best school in the SEC? University of Florida? Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah. Go Gators. The Chattanooga um, Box. So uh, is the the crazy environment, the hiring environment going on in the car business right now? Right, I was at a, a, talking to a dealer the other day who would do a hiring event and typically get you know 
180 to 200 people registered to come in for this hiring event. Right. right? When they're hiring six or eight salespeople and tried to do one uh, or was planning to do one and posted the same types of things that he would have posted anyway for this hiring event and had three people register. Right. I mean, as opposed to 180 down to three. I don't right, even right. know what the fraction would be, you know, 0.0 whatever. And uh, I don't know if I could sit through this story again, but <laughs> I know you have your story about your friend or the, uh, the girl. You want to tell that story you're, again? You're, yeah. I mean, it'll be the third you're, time you're, I've heard what, it. What do you, you want to what do? You wanna do? <laughs> you told it to me on the phone once. The day you right. heard it, you just told it to me like thirty minutes ago you know, when you didn't hit the record button on our podcast. My, my stories only get better the more I tell them. Yeah, go ahead, tell it again for the audience. All right, what are you, you're going to be you a pro at this story. What are you going to be doing? And I'll give the abbreviated <laughs> right, version. No, I can send an email or something. It'll be fine. Fr- friend of my wife's <laughs> were, was laid off from her job, went to go get unemployment. And found out that her unemployment benefits were $500 more a week than what she made in, while when she was employed. working. Yes. Yeah. 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 So she got a raise. She got a raise a by being A considerable raise. Yeah. $500 a right. week. Two grand a month. And just to kind of give you context, she worked in a, with a, uh, a dry cleaner. Right. So she was an hourly employee. I don't know what that would transpire to as far as hourly rate, but yeah, yeah, you would think, you know, a labor type position, yeah, five hundred bucks, five hundred bucks a week. I mean, that's yeah. probably at least another, you know, fifty percent of yeah, her hundred percent increase. It could be. She right. doubled her pay. Right. I mean, probably it was a significant portion. Yeah, and then how are you going to get people to come work? Right. I mean, why would you? Why would you take a pay cut to go to work? To go to work, to have to be somewhere and be managed and you know, perform and all of that. So well, I don't want to go off on political commentary, but that is a scary state when you're incentivizing uh, workers to, to stay at work. home and right. not work. Yeah, right. And we see it across the board. And speaking of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked in the first attempt to do this when mm-hmm. we were not recording and we thought we were um, about the state of uh, the car industry with regard to inventory. Inventory. They, they don't have it. Well, I mean, I'm, like I'm I don't know how that's before. related, but yes, that is also an, another fact. Well, because we can't find people to to do work. Oh, you mean like to manufacture the car? I mean, that's right. over the chip shortage, right? Right. This is all related to the chip shortage. All right, maybe it's not related. But what, Moving right along. We can't get the that? people to work. We can't get the chips to work. <laughs> Nothing's working. Nothing's working. There's the, there's the rub. There's the relationship. There's right only there. like one brand of car that will drive itself now. Right. <laughs> Nothing's working. What are we, Job? Let me tell you, brother. I watched Wally for some reason. I don't know why. But I just wanted to see it. The cartoon. Yeah, with the little robot. Yeah. Well, I had forgotten. I love this scene, and I would forgotten that it was in this movie. But it's where he goes up to the spaceship. Apparently, they had to leave Earth for some reason. So they got all these people up there that I guess were raised on a spaceship as babies. And right. uh, They've been up there. They've been in space yeah. for generations. Well, so they're sitting in a damn chair like a recliner right. with a screen in like front a, of them. Like a barca lounger. Yeah. They're 
obesely overweight. Right, because they never have to walk. Yeah, and they're in, like, less gravity or whatever. Right. Yeah, and they just have a screen in front of them, and that's all they do is just interact with the screen. Right. And the robots do everything. They bring right. them food. They... And, and you know. they, they take that lounger down to the pool area, and they sit it by the pool area, but still the whole time they're staring at the screen, and then they go over to the restaurant, yeah. and they, you know, it just brings them their food, but ultimately... There, there was one time in that scene, in, in that movie, where, like, the, the robot, the Wally robot, like, is trying to get a person's attention, and so he turns off the screen, and this lady's like, oh, wow, I didn't know we had a pool. <laughs> And had grown up her whole life on this one little spaceship. Yeah. Right, or not little, but... Well, I, man, I'm concerned. That's where we're at. That's that is true, exactly. You know, I have a good like friend Nostradamus of mine. Nostradamus level. Good friend of mine. He's a, uh, a pharmacist, very intellectual type person, and he swears that that is where our society is going. Yeah. He, he complained. He was telling me one time that there was somebody waiting in line in their car out, you know, the drive through at the pharmacy. Uh-huh. And the lady called the pharmacy and got him on the phone to yell at him because why is it taking so long? I'm sitting for, in line. Yeah, I'm waiting in line here. And why is this line moving so slowly for me to get my... He's like, she doesn't even have to get out of her car, right? And he referenced back to that uh, those scenes of Wally. That, yeah. yeah, we're just getting closer and closer to that. Yeah. C- kind of like that movie you were talking about where the guy came from the future. Yeah. He's, where he, he was arrested for stealing food and he said, oh, I didn't know that was wrong. Food's free in the future. <laughs> right. But he, he said, we, we don't have cars. We have pods. And we uh, just, where we live in. Oh, and, and then that just, just takes you We places? just take our pod to yeah. wherever we want to go. And that's where we live yeah. until we want to go somewhere else. But I think that, I mean, the, the, the. You know, upper one percent or whatever would love to have a drone army of mindless humans right. that just sit in their barca lounger and stare at a screen oh, and yeah. never question anything. Right. Unfortunately, there are some humans that have the drive to achieve something. <laughs> right. Hopefully, we're hiring them in the car business. Right. Uh, uh, one they, out of five. They, yeah, they. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's surprising. I think probably about. At least a third, maybe half the population would. That sounds fine to them. Yeah, they would love to sit in front of a screen all day and just have some well, robot bring them food. It's like the meme, you know. Hey, does anybody want to come over and stare at your phone over at my house tonight? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because you go to somebody else's house or go to some event or something, I mean, really, it's just a new location to stare at your phone screen. Yeah. Well, at any rate, we digress, and and we shouldn't probably play this segment that we've introduced 15 minutes ago. Right. Uh, So, yeah. Before we move on. All right. You good? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's listen to my conversation with John Frumorgan of Staff Your Dealer. Hey, this is Ray again with Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, and I am here with John Frumorgan, who is, what are you, the president, CEO? Yeah. We we can call it that. We can call it that. Right. You know. So um, yeah, we we um, of staff your dealer. Correct. So the kind of the maintenance guy, the, the janitor, <laughs> whatever we need to do, man. So. Right. But the visionary guy yeah, the came visionary. up with it. Yeah. So what made you? I mean, you were a car guy, right? And you. Yeah, I was a you know I started back uh, in the early '90s, and um, you know during my career, I always knew there was a kind of a want and need for salespeople. You right. know, for the most part, because dealerships are always hiring and. And then as I moved into management, it, it just seemed like 
that was kind of a, you know, trying to find a secret sauce because why were they always hiring and, you know, the hours and, and dealerships, you know, back in the day were doing stuff in the paper. And then it kind of turned into more uh, the internet when that came on board. And uh, so it's been kind of going throughout. So when I got out of the business, I started my own company and, and for, in a nutshell, I've just tried to tie it in being on that other side in the, in the car business and then and doing my my new deal of recruiting, if you will, a staffing company, um, I try to kind of figure out what was going to make sense. Right. And so we've been, you know, enhancing and doing stuff through the years. Right. And it. you know, people in dealerships. I mean, now all over the country, but at the time, you certainly knew. You know, within groups and whatnot. I mean, guys who you'd work with or seen or gotten to know, and they all had the same problem. They don't have the same problem. And in the car business, you know, that's a, that's a common asked question. You know, why, why are dealerships always hiring? Well, from the sales side, you know, it's a struggle because the hours, for the most part, right. you know, people are not used to the, you know, working during a holiday or working 10 o'clock at night. And so that, you know, a lot of people, just the mentality of getting into the industry is um, they're not used to it. Right. You know, so that's, that's kind of the deal with that. And then, um, you know, as far as getting them hired, that's a whole other subject, but it's, you know, putting ads in the paper is still not the answer. Right. And even in today's market, you know, they're printing off resumes and trying to reach people. So it's all process driven. And I actually took that from the car business throughout the years and kind of implemented it into what we're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talking with Dave a few minutes ago, your vice president, uh, he, he was talking about, you know, kind of that need within um, uh, really pinpointing those people. I mean, not every manager is a great interviewer, if you will, right? It's not what they do. No, and and what happens is, and I always say this, they're the sometimes you know kind of laughing about it, but they're the busiest guys doing nothing, right? right? So they're busy, but they are doing they are doing things. Right. They're working deals. They're doing this. Right. And I, I start ripping on the sales managers, and Dave came to their defense pretty quick. I mean, he kind of got his fur up, and well, we've been know. there, so we understand, but. Um, that's not what they do, though. No. And it's the bottom line. So, and what happens is, um, depends on the culture of the dealership, it's not prioritized either. So, what, you know, tends to happen is, you know, there's like, put them on the couch, we'll get to them when we can. But they sometimes fail to remember that without salespeople, there's no you. <laughs> right. You know, and most of those managers, you know, they were salespeople. And, you know, it's not like people get in our industry and like, when their kids going, I want to be a car salesman. Right. I want to be a police officer, football player, et cetera. But so that's kind of the the deal with the management. So we're kind of doing everything for them now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you really got, and I think it was in, in response to COVID, like everybody else. You, yeah. You know, you changed your model here a little bit. And it's funny, you know, I, you know, the saying everybody uses that things happen for a reason, but the COVID for us enhanced our business because we had to change our process a little bit. So in a nutshell, as we say, we do the heavy lifting. But so not only the advertising end of it, we're getting people to, to come into a almost a virtual HR department, right. sit down, do a scripted interview based on the position, and then we're taking those people and with our experience being car guys, we're forwarding them to people, you know, dealerships that it's someone that we would hire, not just, you know, and the, the difference too, a lot of people don't understand this. You say, what's your secret sauce? But the assistant manager at Taco Bell on a resume, on a piece of paper, they're not even going to look at that guy. They're right. going to throw that in the trash. 
And to give you an example, we had a guy a couple uh, weeks ago out of a big auto group in uh, Maryland. He was the assistant Taco Bell manager. He right. was old, but, you know, he's only 26 years old and he's a Taco Bell manager, right? His previous experience was at McDonald's oh. as a cook. So, um, well, we put him on film, speaks six languages, got a great look to him. Right. He's coachable and he's hungry. Right. I mean, what better candidate do you want to put at your dealership that you can train and, and and make him a superstar. Right. And it's a game changer from his end, but how much money is he going to make the dealer? So that's the other thing. I think that these recorded uh, interviews, these video interviews, we call them virtual profiles. A GM can stop and go as he wants because if he is busy, he can just hit the pause button. Right. But they can actually see these people. If they smile and they can hold laugh a conversation, and, hold a conversation and, right. and, and get told about the hours, Right. They're not 100 hours like people tell them. It's it's probably 50, 55 50, hours. Right. And, but, you know, with that being said, it's a game changer from a financial standpoint for with, with these candidates that get into the business. Oh, yeah. And you find those diamonds in the rough. You know, I mean, a guy who you may not have given a second look to because of his resume. But like I've heard you say many times before, your next best sales guy could be currently working at Cracker Barrel. <coughs> right? I mean, you know. Well, that, and it goes same hand in hand with techs. Right. They're going to have the opposite. They're not going to have maybe that look. But they're not applying for a sales job. <laughs> right. And not only that, their resume is not going to be what their capability may be. So, and we have done that. So we, we do service as well. And, right. and we find we, we have found master techs out there. Well, if you look at their profile or their resume, it, it doesn't match up. Right. And that's just that's they who they are. Build a so, resume. Right. Correct. They rebuild an engine, but oh no. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. we found guys that are certified master techs, right. but Again, by just looking at a resume, possibly these right. dealerships are not if they can even get a hold of them. That's the other key. Right. So you know we we aggressively get these people to these interviews, and then the dealership can make a decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, and on the other side, and having worked in dealerships and been the guy, you know, the manager to have to do these interviews, uh, it, it takes out the you know, from my thinking, the guy I'm shaking his hand, I'm going to have to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes with him. And while I'm shaking his hand or her hand, I know they are not a good fit. Correct. And that's the other thing too, you know, as far as, um, not just because we're car guys, but it's, it's, we're not going to send everybody to look at these same thing, uh, interviews that they're not a good fit. Right. So that's the other thing we kind of separate that, which is important. Um, from my end, yeah, and like you said, it's not only time, you know, which is money, as we all know, but it's just something that we're giving them everything—not just the advertising for those people, but in the recorded, scripted interviews—and then we're actually setting the appointment too from a sales side, right? So, so when they get this profile in their inbox or on their cell phone, it's a know, man or woman who's going to be sitting in front of them tomorrow, tomorrow. at two o'clock, right? So it's been kind of neat. And, and I would say one other thing that as far as our processes are concerned and, and, and our solutions, they're all set up where you only pay if you hire somebody. Right. So what do you have to lose? You know, there's some startups as far as advertising and, um, you know, the Zoom production, but yeah. it's, it's minimal, you right. know, and it's, well, uh, it's probably pretty much in line with what they're already paying, right? Well, if they're doing their own advertising. Well, I would say there's it's a actually, cost there. I would say yet sometimes even less. Less. I mean, it's, it's under a thousand dollars. Right. So it's like one of those deals where, you know, 
you're hiring an HR department to go out and get you your people, right. send you the videos. Nobody in the country is doing this. Yeah. Like, there's nobody right. doing this. So, process wise, we've taken it from the car business. We are car guys. So, the, the best thing about that is we're not a marketing company, we're right. not an advertising company. Right. So, we've been there. We've sat behind that desk. We've blown that candidate off before from past experience. But everybody you talk to in my organization will tell you their best hire. You know, David, for instance, you know, we hired him a, a you know, a waiter from Applebee's, right. you know, at one point. And well, he turned out to be a superstar. We we had another kid, you know, 20 years old that's uh, saved up 50 grand his first year <laughs> and, he, and he's buying a house, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, those those are great stories. Right. They are. And, uh, and I think another thing that makes it such a, a revolving door of salespeople is... Uh, them, you know, I mean, they have a great month and man, they go out and blow that whole, you know, $6,000 paycheck that they got for the first time in their life. And the next month they have a weak month and they're like, man, I can't, I can't live on this. Right. And they crap out. Yeah. You know, years ago, kind of funny story. So dealerships would hire guys that had a drug problem or gambling <laughs> problem, right. Or cheated on their wife because they knew they had to come back to work and they were hungry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But it also depends on and a big thing as, as you know, Ray, in the, uh, the car business itself is the onboarding process, the culture of the dealership. Oh I mean, you've been throughout dealerships throughout the country, you know, it's amazing how one is run this way right. and another is run this way. Yeah. So, you know, that, that has something to do with it too. But, but both of them, when you talk to them, oh. this is the only way to do it. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Again, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their ways of doing things. And in the car business, I found myself, you know, your egos kind of go up the, the higher you go up the chain Oh yeah. and they got it all figured out. I'll figure you know? it out. And, um, it, you know, if you're not willing to change in this industry or any industry, you know, you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. Right. Right. You know. All right, man. Well, hey, good talking with you again. And uh, yeah, no problem. Well, I appreciate gonna, you having us on. Yeah, we're going to, I want to get you on with, with Higgins too, one time with both of us. Higgins? You know, so we can rip on him a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Why don't you just put him on by himself then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks. That was the single best introduction I think we have ever done for any segment. Was we talk about something else for 10 minutes and then say, oh, yeah, and here's and, the thing. And here's an interview with some guy. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, I have to take back all the nice things I said about Fru Morgan with that comment of his. Ah, uh, you know, I think that, he meant it in love, John. That old yeah. bastard. <laughs> I never really liked that guy. Right. Yeah, he always uh, always drink my whiskey. Right. Never said thank you. Never said thank you. No, I no, love John. He's a great yeah. guy. And uh, he he has captured a segment. You know, like he says in the interview, he just saw a need and a want. Right. I mean, it's uh, or a want and a need. We need more people, and you know, how can we supply more people? Right, having been a GM of a dealership and knowing the difficulties in hiring, and kind of really found a niche. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I applaud John for the way that he has kind of been very innovative and has adapted to this changing environment. You know, for a long time he would do the in-store events, you know, set up like whatever, three weeks in advance, run the ads, get people to apply, right. uh, say, you know, show up at this day, this time, you know, at this dealer, and we'll do mass interviews, right. you know, individual interviews. Back to back, all day long. Right. But, I mean, I, I've followed his business because I like the man and I, I think he's a smart guy. Uh, 
But the way that he's transitioned into this virtual interview, this video thing, I think it's so convenient for the dealers. Right. And, and I, it's it's less overhead for him, which I think a lot of businesses are finding well, this out. I, I don't know that it's necessarily less overhead because you do have the Zoom production costs and, you, you know, it does require the people to okay. sit and do interviews one after the other. But, you know, I mean, I, I relate it to having been – in management in a dealership, you know, run a dealership yeah. and having done hiring on our own without a service like John's. Yeah. And I can't think of how many times I would schedule an interview with somebody, they would come in and as I'm shaking their hand at the door in the first introduction, I already know, you know what, this, this, isn't this probably guy. isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. a good fit for the role that I'm looking for. Right, right. Right. Um, so, and, but, but still, I can't shake his hand at the door and say, hey, thanks so much for coming in. But you know what? You're I can really tell, not, yeah, I can tell yeah, in the first 30 seconds. This thing I still work. have to take the next hour to two hours to sit down and conduct the interview. Well, and, I don't know who the hell's doing a two-hour interview, but I applaud you for that. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, you think by the – it's not a two-hour interview, but the time, you know, you yeah. meet him and greet him. All right, let's say even 30 to yeah, 45 30, minutes of time, right, you know, right. I mean, to make the person feel like, you know, they've got it. They had a, a good well, chance to share who they were and and why they should get the position well the other element though is if you can accomplish this and and give the same level of service by doing this virtual stuff and i know what he does is is do the interview on video with both people the interviewer and the interviewee and then send that to the dealer the dealer's rep whatever gm or sales manager but with if you can accomplish the same level of service without having to fly to the dealership, right. rent a car, and then have a hotel room and sit there for two right. days while you're doing these interviews. And have a greeter who come, you know, yeah. meets the people when they come in for I mean, the interview gotta, and sit them down, get them to fill out the application. It, it, and then it's got to save through. the dealer money. Sorry, I keep talking over you. I'm excited. Yeah. No, I, I, I believe it is a more cost-effective tool, but even even beyond that. And, and so how much more information, how much more valuable is the information if I'm not just looking at a resume? Right on the computer screen or a piece of paper, but I actually am seeing, hearing the person interact, respond to questions, listen to the answers, and just five minutes. Right? I mean, you know, instead of yeah. let's even say it was only thirty minutes of time that you had to spend with the guy, now I can spend five minutes. So over that thirty-minute period, I can you know talk, see six people. And determine, wow, I really like number one, three, and four. Right. Those are the people I want to bring in for a second interview. Yeah, uh, I think it's a killer idea. Yeah, it's a and, great idea. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I, don't, he, he's I, don't he's, I don't know why he's not Jeff Bezos rich right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. He may be. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he so, can get one of those uh, cars that drives itself. Absolutely. If he can get the chip. You think, yeah. He might get look on Amazon for the chips. Maybe they're selling them there. <laughs> Maybe that's what the car manufacturers need to do. Just, just go on Amazon. Get on eBay, man. I'm so, sure they have chips, all kinds of chips on there. So, so yeah, Lay's chips, let's Ruffles. Transition into another topic here that we're kind of dancing around the edge of. What's that? The lack of uh, inventory in yeah. dealerships right now. Yeah, did you not bring that up? 15 I don't think we really ago? talked about you, it. <laughs> Because you said it was related to the other right, thing. But then we, we didn't talk about it. Because you <laughs> interrupted about, me. We just talked about whether it was related or right. not. Right. 
You made well, fun of me. Well, because just, I've done extensive research into why there is a chip shortage. For Everybody those, knows there's a chip shortage, but nobody knows why. For those uh, in the audience, uh, I'm just going to spill the beans here. We talked about this in the first take in the episode where we weren't actually recording. In our practice take. And, and you said, I don't know why. I don't want to know more about that. Let me look it up. And now you're the expert. Now I've done extensive okay. research on this topic, John. Well, explain to us what is. Hey, if I don't know anything between about the, car the first business. take and the second take, I I totally absorbed all that there was to know about what's going on yeah. in this chip issue. You're like, uh, I don't know, whatever movie that was. Oh, was it The Matrix? Where he's like, "Hey, download into my brain how to fly a helicopter." <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So you that, did one of those. I deals. did. I did. You must be from the future, man. I, I am. So I just can't get back to where I was from in the future because you don't have the technology here, John, in 2021. How am I supposed to get back? That reminds me of a song. Baby, come back. Get back, Loretta. That's not get back, Loretta. Get back, JoJo. Get back, JoJo. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, come back. Is that what you're thinking about? That's 10cc. Baby, come back. Right. Yeah. Any kind of fool could see. Get back to where you belong. That's the other song, right? You're mixing two songs. Up. I'm just, you know, trying to trying to track with you, John. It's all about back. Uh, that reminds me of that other song that uh, says, "Yeah, I've still got your picture on the wall, but it hides an ugly stain that was there." <laughs> it's not because I miss you. It's just because uh, you know it hides the stain on the wall. Yeah, I need a drink now. I'm all but, depressed. <laughs> So, John, should I share with you, or would you like to discuss the reason why? I've talked to a lot of people around and in dealerships who can't give you a solid answer as to why production has virtually come to a halt. Yeah, yeah let's say, I mean, you and I both know. We do. Let's say I was a layman. I shared with you I, all hypo- of my research. Hypothetically, if I were a layman and I didn't know... Explain it for those of us, uh, those of them in the audience that may not know. That may not know? Yeah. I mean, you and I know. You and I, we know. Yeah. So, apparently during the <laughs> pandemic, there was a... Uh, Let me get prepared for this Yeah. <laughs> the sale of, of electronics that require chips mm-hmm. went up Skyrocket. exponentially. Yeah. Right? What else are you going to do? Right. So there became a chip shortage. The chip manufacturers can't produce chips to meet the demand. And in my research, one of the leading manufacturers of chips for the auto industry specifically, um, again, is running into a shortage. They're building a new plant, but they're still two to three years away from that plant being up and operational. And they just cannot meet the demand. And then Probably out of like Shenzhen, China or something. Taiwan, I think, and and whatnot. So them being uh, the primary supplier of chips to the auto industry, guess how many, what percent of their business is actually the auto industry? And they're the primary supplier. Uh, I don't know, ten percent. Only seven percent. I was close. I was. Right. I was gonna go with five, and then okay. I settled on ten. Five, yeah, five sounds. Too I was all around it. You, you, you were nailing it. So yeah, so the auto industry is <laughs> not again. I know not that big we, a deal yeah. to them, right? I mean, if they have all okay. these 
these different companies that they're supplying so chips they to. Have a lot of car manufacturers crying, hey, we need chips. We need like, chips. Yeah, 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 everybody yeah, else yeah, does too. Yeah, and you're only 7% of my business, right. right? I mean, I need to go with the companies that are buying 40 and 60% of my chips. Yeah, Lay's, I, Ruffles. <laughs> right, Samsung. Pringles. Apple. And one of the things that one of the articles I read uh, was talking about is uh, cars that are coming out right now can use as many as 3,000 chips in one car. Yeah. Man, we're going to long for the days when you had a carburetor. Right. And uh, those other things that cars had. Yeah, and a muffler. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Distributor cap. Yeah, and one manufacturer, I think it's Peugeot Mm -hmm. out of France, has actually gone back to uh, readouts or... uh, they've done away with the automation, the chip component for their uh, speedometers. Uh, just the old cable just, style yeah, or something. Just, yeah. just whatever it is. However, they registered speed before the chip. Yeah, I, I actually know how that works only because I had a, a Honda Accord that the speedometer went out. Oh. And so, you know, of course, I had to Google it. Right. And uh, it said, yeah, just uh, like take the cable off, squirt some WD 40 in it, and it's good to go. And did it work? Like, because apparently it's like a sleeve. Right. And then a, a, like a steel rod or a cable inside that sleeve. And it like connects into your transmission. And when your transmission spins, it spins this thing. And it's literally spinning this cable in there. And that's why your speedometer goes up and down. In the transmission? Like. Well, that's your RPMs. That's not your speedometer. Well, then maybe it's on the axle or something. I don't know. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It wouldn't be the transmission. Right. Because, yeah. You, <laughs> well, you I don't can, understand. You can like, rev your engine, and that doesn't mean you're going faster which, all the time. Which proves my point. You don't have to know the product to sell the product. <laughs> Look, sales is totally separate from working on a car. So, yes. that's uh, This uh, is quality stuff right oh here. Oh, my God. This is gold. <laughs> So it's much better than the second, the first day. Yeah, uh, you know what? I think, unfortunately, it is. <laughs> <laughs> as as uh, wonderful as this is, it's even better than what we produced the first time. <laughs> so, so now self-deprecating podcast. So, what do you do, John? You're a dealer. You got no inventory. The price of used cars, because of the shortage of new cars. Is I mean in in the average I've heard just in the you know compiling the data from the different dealers and GMs I've spoken with is most of them are sitting about thirty percent of what they would typically keep on the lot in their showrooms and and on their lot right of new cars yeah I mean we should right. do a podcast about that because that's they, a huge question they they have a third of their inventory so because of that issue and it's across the board it's all. Markets. Well, yeah, I mean, the landscape is changing, right? We're going more digital retailing, this kind of... Well, that has nothing to do deal. with that. I mean, the, the price of used cars. I mean, you want to sell your car right now? Boy, this is the time. You can get crazy money for a used car. <laughs> Ten reasons to buy today. No, sell today. Your, your car is never going to be worth more than it is right now, right. sir. Well, the problem is the one you're going to be buying... Has never been worth as much as it is right now either. <laughs> so, so they're only going to go up, right? Well, no. So you know, if if you just want to sell, this is ideal. But if you just want to trade, 
Well, the extra value you're getting out of yours, you're going to be paying extra to yeah. get into another one. Well, well I, I did hear that like Mercedes is, because of the shortage, they are hoarding chips for the higher end models right. that are going to bring more revenue. Right. And like stopping production on like the C class. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Where'd you hear that? <laughs> In my extensive research. <laughs> so that, I, I heard the same thing. Yeah. So, so I mean, if, if there were still such a thing as a Geo Metro, they'd probably stop making them right now. Right. Well, they, they'd start making, they, they would make more trackers. Right. Of and, and maybe those people who could afford the higher end, but just, you know, for conservation of money or, you know. Just like John be, Froome Morgan? Right. Jeff Bezos? Right. Elon Musk? Those right. people? Right. Maybe they're, you know, just because of availability, my choice is nothing or the high end one. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and spend the extra money and get a car now when I want it and need it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's only money. Right. <laughs> That's what you're going to do, That's right? That's what those go, people say. Go buy one of the uh, AMGs. Yeah, whatever. High-end Mercedes. 50 grand, 100 grand. Uh, I can get 100 grand a day. Okay, give me the 100 grand. One. I saw uh, Rolls-Royce came out with a new model of their Rolls-Royce, which is the, the I think it's the like Phantom? The, the Boat Back. Or is that a Bentley? No, it's a I don't know. Like the the back end of the of the car uh-huh. looks like the back side of a boat. Yeah. Well, I've always admired the back sides of boats. Right. <laughs> it's my favorite feature. A lot more uh, than the bikini top. Look, look, at, look, at, that. look at that boat back. Mm. Is it bikini or bimini? I think it's bikini. It's a bikini top. Bimini top. Seems like there's a bimini top too. Oh uh, well, well, we'll have to do extensive research on that. <laughs> That'll be on take three. Yeah, right. we'll know that. Oh god, I wasn't recording this time either. <laughs> so, You're not gonna believe um, this. But yeah, this new Rolls Royce is only available by appointment to <clears throat> be seen. Right, you can't just yeah. walk into a dealership and say, "Hey, I'd like to see that." No, only by appointment. And the retail cost on it is $28 million. Jeez. Okay. To have the back of your car look like a boat. All right. Uh, so, Free Morgan, thank you. Yeah, thanks, John, for being on the, the show. all the words. <laughs> much appreciated. So, uh, I have the same love for you, my friend. Yes. You old bastard. You old bastard. Well, we do appreciate you all listening to the program, and we hope you'll listen again. Like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us 
info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right. And these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars. Or write more ROs. Right. Simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.